Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Thursday, May 13th, Pure Hoops podcast, Eric Newman, BJ Armstrong. The NBA playoffs and the play-in round are upon us before we dive in. How are you today, my friend, with your oh. retro Detroit Lions tea? Retro. <laughs> you know, it's all about <laughs> in Detroit, you know, what up, doe? What up, doe? It's all good. And um, no, I can't complain, man. It's, it's that time of the year. Eric, we, you know, it's almost playoff time. You know, organizations that aren't in the play-in game are excited for the play-in game. If you are in the play-in game, you don't like the, the idea at all. So, you know, it's, it's that time of year, but we're, at least we're getting meaningful basketball games at this time of the year. So it's uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. Can't complain, my friend. Yeah. I mean, you know, all uh, Celtics jokes and frustrations aside, I think this play in format and what it's done for the stretch run of the season has been great. Um, I think it's made these games so much more exciting and meaningful. And, um, you know, nothing is locked yet, but we've got some. Potentially um, exciting and awesome matchup uh, matchups, excuse me, uh, come play in. So let, let's look at the race overall. I want to start with the Lakers. One game back of Memphis for the sixth seed. Um, anything can happen. I'm sorry. One game back of the Mavericks for the sixth seed. Um, Blazers and Mavericks tied at 5-6. Um What's what? What's your gut on the Lakers right now? Are they going to try to avoid this play-in scenario, or do you think they are going to uh, go full steam ahead here to get in the top six? What are you thinking? I think they're going to go full steam ahead to get into the top six. You know that one game elimination, Eric. That's a scary proposition to be in, and anything can happen. That's what makes the NCAA tournament great because you know anyone can have a great game a great quarter and all you need is one great game so and if you're playing a great player such as a Steph Curry or a Damian Lillard or whoever that may be you know that player is capable of winning one game it's not like a seven game series so I think the Lakers in their best interest should try to get in and be one of the top six seeds which secures you know who you're going to play that you're going to have the opportunity to at least play four games which gives you a little bit more stability than that one game. Mind you, if they're in the 7-8, they get two shots at it. They get the first shot in the 7-8 game. If they happen to lose that, then they play the winner of the 9-10. That's one. The second thing here, which is pretty interesting, is if they get into the top six, they avoid that sudden death type of scenario in the play-in. Um, but then they draw – 
most likely the Los Angeles Clippers in the first round or the Denver Nuggets versus if they're seven or eight, they draw the Suns or the Jazz. So from that perspective, if you're the Lakers, um, who would you want to see versus who would you want to avoid in that opening round? You know, you know, Eric, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I know you're never supposed to assume, but never. if you're going to win the final game of the season, it doesn't matter if you see the jazz, the Suns in the first round, second round or the finals, if you're going to be the best, you, you got to beat the best. So at this point, I think it's in the Lakers' best interest to get in, to secure that. Once they secure that, you know, because in this play-in tournament, nothing is guaranteed, okay? Injuries happen. You lose a game. You're not supposed to lose. How many times have we seen in the seven-game series where – Game one, you lose a game one at home. You get the home court advantage and you lose game one. Suddenly now you're 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 in a you're in a dogfight. So I'm 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 from the mindset that I think it's in their best interest to get in the top six, then move from there. Because anything can happen and it's the playoffs, and that's what makes it great. And why take a chance if you don't have to? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Warriors, Grizzlies, half a game separating them right now for the eighth seed. The Warriors are up. They play on Sunday, which is the last day of the regular season, with Monday being an off day and Tuesday being the beginning of the play-in. So, uh all things taken into account right now, which of course starts with the level that Steph Curry has been playing at. Uh, we know the Grizzlies have had uh, an up and down year, but they've, you know, it's surprising what their record is with Jaron Jackson, which Johnny L, uh, keep me honest on that. It was, uh, it was two and six to start the week. Uh, obviously Jaron has not been back that long, but Memphis is trying to find their way. And with a talent like John Morant and how gritty that team is, uh, on a one-shot deal, they can beat anybody. How do you see this Golden State-Memphis race going down? And second part of that question is, uh, do you think either of those teams could pull a mammoth upset in the first round of the playoffs as an eight seed? Without question, because of the personnel of the Warriors, you know they have the experience, they have the talent to do it. Now, you know, it's easier said than done. Because we 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 know what the Warriors are capable of doing. They they've played with pressure over the last five or six years, where we expected them to win and they delivered. And they went to the finals five straight years. So we know the Warriors have the capability to do it. This John Morant kid, he is an exceptional talent, and you know he has this Memphis Grizzlies organization battling for the playoffs right now, minus Jaron Jackson. OK, that's a, that's a, that's an incredible achievement. And when you look at their roster, you look at the Warriors roster, they're like a half game or a game and a half. Of yeah, half other. game right now, half game. OK, right and, now, and this is all because of John ja Morant. OK, yep. and John ja Morant. And he 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 you know, he had he missed a few games this year due to 
I think an ankle sprain or something that he had. They did a great they, – they, he was out early, and we were worried they'd be out of the race. Yes. So And they, they, they held the fort. Credit uh, Kyle Anderson. Credit uh, Dylan Brooks. Credit uh, Valanchunas. And credit the entire coaching staff um, for, for what they've done. Uh, seven players, BJ, on that team averaging in double digits and two more at uh, nine per game. Shout out Johnny L. And, um, you know, they're three and six with Jaron Jackson in the lineup, which is not a very large sample size. But to your point, um, this is an exciting young team that even if we don't see them in the playoffs this season outside of the play-in, uh, they're going to be exciting moving forward. But back to you on what you were saying about both the Grizzlies and the Warriors uh, as it pertains to a potential first-round upset. Yeah, I, I think this is an excellent opportunity for them. I think this is, I want to say them, the, the the Memphis Grizzlies. They're playing meaningful games with a young team led by John Morant. So they have a, a, they have a superstar. John Morant is a superstar player. And... That would be an exciting matchup to see John Morant versus Steph Curry. And, and, yeah. I, and, and, and I, I, I like where this Memphis Grizzlies organization is trending. If Jaron Jackson can stay healthy, that's a big if. You know, he's been injured now for the last couple of years. And as a young player, when you start to see injuries creep in from one year to another, just little things, you begin to get concerned. But if he's healthy, I mean, he's a he's a very talented young man, a very talented player. But give yeah. this Memphis Grizzlies team organization credit. They've held it down and they're playing games, meaningful games as an organization. And that's very, very encouraging for a young team. He played one year at Michigan State, right? That's correct. So I feel like we've talked we talked about this quite a while ago, but. Here's another example of a guy who is, uh, you know, he's, what is he? He's six foot 10. He's incredibly talented. He probably played too many AAU games. He oh, only, no, 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 just, no, just, no, just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. If you look at all the young front court players, in the last, you, you look at this group of players in BJ in the last, um, 10, 12 years that have come out um, after a year or two of college and then have then sustained lower. Uh, can you hear me, buddy? Can you hear yep, me? I can hear you. These bigs that have come out and they've sustained uh, lower extremity injuries early in their career. Um, he's another guy on that list. I mean, Embiid, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons. Uh, Julius Randle, Jackson, Anthony Davis. Am I forgetting anybody early in their career? I don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not done growing into their bodies yet. They haven't been in an NBA training regimen. They haven't hit the weights yet. And that's a lot of wear and tear on uh, young athletes who are long, lean, and haven't built up all the muscle yet. That's all I'm saying. No crazy theory here, but you just look at that list, and it's it's interesting to think about. Anyway, back to the task at hand. We can do a deep yeah. dive on that another time. Oh yeah. Well, I, I want to say I want to say this real quick, and then we can move on. 
Okay. Talk to me. At 18, 19 years of age, whether you're a guard, forward, center, there's no way physically, physically, because of the maturity of your body, whether your body looks like a LeBron James or it looks like a Jaron Jackson, your body is, we know these young people are continuing to grow physically, psychologically, we, we, they're, they're growing, their, their bodies are growing. Yep. Now, the bigger you are, the more room for error you have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're 18 playing in high school, you go to college for one year, and then suddenly you're banging against Shaq, to Zion, and yeah. these guys. Like, okay, are you talented list, enough? Are list, you? I forgot to list Zion too. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you if you look at these bodies, there's no way physically that you can be prepared for this type of stress, and what you're going to put. There's there's just no way. Okay. The difference between a guard and the forwards are the following. The guards more or less play from free throw line to free throw line. Now they play from literally the three-point line to three-point line. The bigs have to go from baseline to baseline. And they're putting, and they're banking bodies. So they need more time to mature. They need more time to get their their bearings and physicality together. But more importantly, you don't just jump right into 82 games. There's no preparation for that. And you start to put this type of stress on your body at that young of age. So when you say these injuries, we have to be very careful because we keep talking about all of this training that we're doing. We keep talking about all of the He's a pro. This guy's a pro. What we're forgetting is, is that someone's got to do the work. And in my humble opinion, it takes time to allow your body to get adjusted and accustomed to this type of schedule where you're going to play 82 games, travel, learning how to eat, learning how to sleep, because recovery is just as important as playing in the game. And the recovery means getting off of your feet once you do, you know, once you do, do your work. So to me, it's just a matter of, I think we in the athletic world, we've maxed out the body. I think we've pushed it to its limit now. And now everyone is doing the optimum training, the optimum workouts, the optimum of everything they're doing as far as equipment, so forth and so on. And this is what you're getting. and. I'll say the last thing. As a guard, I always looked at the bigs to see what kind of condition we were in the team because the bigs, they're like linemen in football. They do all the work. Yep. The bigs do all the work. The guards, we're out there doing crossovers, step backs. The bigs, they got to bump bodies. They got to touch each other every single play. Yep. And that's a little different game than the stuff that we're doing for the highlights. Oh, did you see this guy, you know, cross this guy over did we see this guy in and out no the bigs they can't do that because they got to touch each other they you know they there's a certain respect and they have to go from baseline to baseline it's a little different than eric you know just driving up dribbling up to the three-point line shooting a 30-footer 
you know, it's, it's a little the, different. The, the day I'm shooting threes off the bounce is uh, <laughs> a day the whole world will know. <laughs> you didn't work it. on that part of your game? Uh, nope, not until I was, uh, not until the games didn't count anymore. No. <laughs> my, my green light was if my feet are set and it comes on a ball reversal, then sure. Uh, no, we, we ran the flex without a shot clock. So you can imagine what our <laughs> possessions were like. We're going to screen you for 48 seconds and break your will until we get a backdoor layup or an open elbow jumper. That was, that was us. But oh, it won games. Okay. It won games, my friend. Um, yeah, no, my senior high school, we were the last year in New York State without a shot clock. So we, we used it to, to our advantage. Um, you know, we, we did well. We did well. Anyway, I uh, I digress. We'll we'll spend more time on that theory uh, on another show or the next time a uh, a, a player with uh, that height and skill set has a lower extremity injury early in their career. Knock on wood, it's nobody anytime soon. Um, the Eastern Conference, the Celtics have, um, you know, unfortunately Jalen Brown is out for the year, so the Celtics are in the play-in situation. With the Hornets, with the Pacers, with the Wizards, um, it's not pretty, but those playing games are going to be a lot of fun, thanks to Westbrook and Beal and the Wizards, along with how fun and exciting the Hornets can be. Uh, but looking up the standings, BJ, the Hawks are now up at the four. I mean... They're all tied, Hawks, Heat, and Knicks in the loss column. The Hawks half a game ahead because they've got one more win. Um, Hawks, Heat, Knicks, obviously the sixth seed here has to face the Bucks, um, which is a huge difference uh, in, in terms of being in that 4-5 matchup. Uh, between the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks, BJ, which team has the best chance to make a little noise here under the radar uh, below the top three in the East in the playoffs. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Thank you. I think Thank a lot you. Of Hopefully, this, it's yeah, not my I, only good question today. Yeah, I I I think if the Knicks finish in six, I believe they would play the Milwaukee. The Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, I think that's a tough matchup. Giannis is a tough matchup for everybody. Okay, but I, I would look. I love the Knicks. The Knicks are in the playoffs. I mean, I just love saying that. So congratulations to them. They are in the playoffs. They at the very least will be the sixth seed. They will. I would say I would have to go with the Bucks, but I'm, I, I, I'll, you know, no secret. I'll be rooting for the Knicks. I'll be rooting. Well, for no, them. no, not the Bucks. The, the uh, Hawks, Heat, or Knicks. Yeah, no, but no, I was just saying. But the Knicks will have to play the Bucks. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so I say in that series, I think the Bucks will probably win win out. Yes. If I had to choose between those three teams, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks, okay, as far as advancing, I think the Heat. I think the Heat would play the Hawks. And I think the Hawk, I think the the Heat and the Knicks can beat the Hawks in a seven-game series. So in choosing that, I think the Heat has the best chance if it ended today of advancing. Got it. Okay. Got it. And they've been so, playing very, they've been playing very well. Yeah. Does that make um, sense? Right. Because yes. the, I think the heat yes. are in the fifth, right? The heat, the heat are in fifth. Well, as of right now, I mean, no, they're sitting yes. there with the same exact record. So, you know, the heat could see Milwaukee in the first round and that could be a rematch of, um, right. 
the, the playoffs last year. And, you know, the Heat uh, obviously watched with great attention uh, their two wins against the Celtics Sunday and Tuesday. Um, not only have they rounded into form, but I think it's very underrated how much Trevor Ariza brings to that team. And they could, I mean, could, obviously you could say it about anybody, but just starting to have that feeling. Miami's got that look about them again. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. What they did last year was amazing. Amazing. Yep. All right. Please raise your hand if you had them going to the finals last year. Raise your hand. Okay. Because I certainly didn't. Nope. But this is a different playoffs. Yep. I don't expect Tyler Hero and, and, and Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson and these guys to shoot the ball the way they shot it. I don't expect the Milwaukee Bucks, if they face the Heat again, to play the same way they played in the bubble. I, I expect them to play better with more confidence at home in their own arena. So I, I'm going to go back to traditional to the to the traditional way of looking at the at the the playoffs. Because the bubble gave me a false sense of security because of the way everyone was shooting and the way everyone was playing. Because you didn't know who was at home and who was on the road. So it didn't really matter. Even though the Bucks were the home team, playing in the bubble wasn't really a home wasn't a home advantage, you know, home court advantage. So I'm going to say that the even though last year the the Heat beat them, I think this year the Milwaukee Bucks will win out in that series. Yep. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are exactly where they are exactly do, where they want to be. Yeah, I think, but I do feel that the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks can beat Atlanta in a seven game series, so whether they I'm, have the home court or not. I'm really stuck on what a Knicks Hawks matchup would be like because uh, a Trey Young, b the Capella Collins tandem. Listen, Julius Randle's playing at a level right now that's I mean it's elite he's of elite. Like a top, right? He's a, he's playing like an elite top ten player right now. This he is, is, call he is. but 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 Capella and Collins present a formidable front court challenge to the Knicks where they both have to deal with each other on both sides. So I think that would be a great first round series with a lot of fireworks and obviously having, uh, you know, Derek, the way he's playing right now is absolutely phenomenal. And I don't think there's anybody on the Hawks that can keep him out of the paint uh, on the dribble. And then of course, you know, just this, this physical uh, attitude the Knicks have adopted with how they play. Um, they've been great to watch. So I, I think that'll be, that, that could be a great series. I do not think Atlanta uh, is equipped to beat Miami. Um, but we'll see how this lays out. I mean, e- either way, uh, whether it's Hawks, Heat, or uh, Knicks who dropped to six, uh, they all present interesting challenges for the Bucks. But I think the Bucks are a better team than they've been the last two years. Their record may not say it. Their seed may not say it. But to me, the eye test says it in, in, in what I've seen. Uh, and they're right where they want to be. So uh, this is shaping up to be really interesting in the East as, as far as those matchups go. I mean, Philadelphia and Brooklyn are going to be uh, heavy favorites, uh, regardless of who they face uh, in the one eight two seven matchup. But um, 
it's going to be it's going to be really uh, intriguing to see where these teams fall um, after we finish this weekend. And BJ, just to give a quick uh, look ahead, um, you know, the Heat play the Bucks on Saturday. The Knicks play the Celtics on Sunday, uh, and the Warriors play Memphis on Sunday, which is going to decide that eight nine in. Uh, in the West and Denver plays Portland as well for the five, six. So this is going to be uh, a heck of a weekend here uh, of games, determining seeds and matchups. And as we talked about earlier, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, this is all tie into the play in making these games more meaningful uh, down the stretch. So I think it's a really good thing for the league. Um, we're going to play a little, uh, a little, a little contender game right now. I'm going to throw a team out there at you. You're going to give me uh, the first reason that jumps into your head on why they are uh, a contender and could make a run to the finals. And then you're going to give me a reason why potentially you think while they could be a contender, they won't get there. How's that sound? Sounds fun. You got, you got that, you, the, the big Armstrong smile. I know you're excited. Uh and by the way, let's just like, you know, I don't know every Detroit Lion from 1982, but if, if you want to go down this road with me, my friend, I mean, we, we can we, we, we can go down the Detroit sports trivia. You think I'm just a, a Celtics guy? You know, I'll show you my laptop screen right now. I'll show you I don't have the 84 Tigers lineup up, but I'll give you the whole lineup if you want and part of the pitching staff. So we can do this anytime you want. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, let's start in the West. The Utah Jazz, why in your eyes do you think they're a contender and could make a run to the finals? Well, they could, make a, they could make a run to the finals because, you know, they've been very consistent all year. They have not one, but two all-stars in Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell. They have a great supporting staff, you know, players and Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, who will be up for six men of the year. Bogdanov- it's Bogdanovich, right? Bogdanovich, uh, yep. Bogdanovich. Royce O'Neal. They have a there. really nice, yeah, they have a really nice supporting group of role players, right? They have star role players on their team. And this team can make a run. It's tough to always play up there in Utah. And it's going to be tough. The West is loaded. And I and, think. And, and, and Mike and Conley. I, yeah, Mike Conley. Hopefully they'll get him back soon. But I will say this. The West, I'm picking the team that can remain the healthiest throughout these playoffs to come out of the West, to really come out of both conferences. Because when you look at the the, the all-star players that have been injured or out of play this year, Eric, I can't recall when it's been this many star players out, whether it's LeBron, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid. Bradley, I mean, it's just everyone's Jalen Brown, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, yeah. I mean, it's just so I think whoever is going to whoever can remain healthy will come out of the West, in particular, the Western Conference. You know, Jamal Murray is out, that's a big blow to Denver to the Denver Nuggets. Every team has a reason for why they couldn't make it, but I think all of them have the talent, but that talent will be. Who can remain healthy to come out of the West? Okay, so aside from health, um, you know, Utah waiting for uh, Johnny L. What's the Conley? Um, forgive me. Conley's coming back the and Con- Donovan Mitchell, right? He's, he's yeah, coming Donovan's back. Donovan's been out, so they should be back. So 
is it is it obviously health is one piece but you know what um what's a roadblock for utah besides health is it a nightmare matchup um this is they, this they're is gonna have matchup. home court what yeah. do you think i think i think home court would be will be pivotal to this organization because they play better at home without question they are a better home team than they are a road team and donovan mitchell is a perimeter player who doesn't play from the post position right he donovan mitchell doesn't have the ability to suddenly take his game from the three-point line like a lebron james and suddenly say i'm going to start posting up once the playoffs begin like so many players can do. Donovan Mitchell is a perimeter player who will be on the perimeter. He can't do like what Kevin Durant will do. Kevin Durant will play on the perimeter and then he will inch his way closer to the basket. And then whether his game, whether his perimeter game is going, he will shoot more perimeter shots and he will shoot, you know, mid post, pinch post and all the things you'll do with him because of his versatility. So I think that this team will struggle with this. If Donovan Mitchell has it going, they will be ready. And that, and, and as you know, sometimes you shoot it well, sometimes you don't. If Donovan Mitchell is playing subpar. That's when I'll get a fair evaluation of this team because you have to be able to win games when your star players and when your team doesn't play well. That's what I don't know about this team. Will they be able to grind games out when Donovan doesn't shoot well, when Donovan doesn't play well, or in particular, in the team doesn't play well? Now, I think they have been a very consistent team on the defensive end, but that is due to large in part because of Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert really is the defense for the Utah Jazz. And if he can get isolated, where he has to either guard Anthony Davis, now he can't be a help defender. If he has to guard Jokic, he can't be a help defender. If you can occupy him on the weak side or include him in screen roll, like other teams attack him during the playoffs, that has always been a problem for the Utah Jazz. And the Utah Jazz haven't figured out how to defend yet when Rudy Gobert is involved in screen roll or he's occupied having to guard an, an opposing team who has a center that deserves his full attention. That has, that's, they struggle in that area. Yeah, they, they've always struggled because of Rudy, Rudy Gobert. If you let Rudy Gobert be Rudy Gobert, he will be very disruptive. But if you can occupy him, yeah. the Utah Jazz don't seem to have an answer for that. And they haven't shown that even during this season, they haven't shown the ability to win when Rudy Gobert doesn't play well on the defensive end. Great stuff. Next, Los Angeles Clippers. You know, one of the most underrated pickups this uh, in the trade and uh, during the trade deadline was Rajon Rondo. Rondo has been excellent for this team, not only as a floor general, but his leadership. You know, he's 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 been very vocal. He has a, you know, he is an alpha personality, and. You can see the respect that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have for him. And he's allowing those guys 
to play on the perimeter. And the thing that I think Rajon Rondo has done for, especially for Paul George, I think Kawhi Leonard is a little different. He simplified, he simplified the game for Paul George. Paul George, when you catch the ball, you just score. We don't need you to worry now about being a facilitator, initiating the offense, doing a little this and a little that. Now I just need you to be aggressive and attack the basket when you get it. So Rajon Rondo from that perspective has really simplified the game he's really given them a presence he's pushing the pace has them playing much faster they seem to be getting easier baskets better looks and Paul George seems to be playing in a nice rhythm right now now the the, the Clippers will be evaluated on one thing what they're going to do in the playoffs I mean what they do in the regular season is the regular season and I think Rondo is the perfect person for this team He's the perfect veteran for this team. And I think they have a good chance. They have a good chance. Now, whether or not they can all, it can put together, hey, that, that's to, to be, that remains to be unseen. That remains to be seen, I should say. But I like their chances. I like that addition. I think it's been a great pickup for them. And I'm excited to see them play because I know they have the personnel to win on the road. Yep, and they, and they the added and they added Demarcus Cousins, who and has Demarcus given them some really yeah. good minutes. Some He's been really giving good them good minutes. minutes, and you know I don't expect him to play consistently well because of the physical ailments that he's had over the years. But if you can get a game or two from him at any given moment, because and he's yep. still very capable. And I, I like that pickup as well. He he's great, and he's giving them really good minutes. He's playing hard. He brings a level of physicality. And what I like most about is how Coach Lou is utilizing him on the offensive end. When he's in, he's getting touches. And they're playing through the post with him. And I and I like that. So, you know, I I I I'm I'm a boogie fan and I I'm I like how they have added two great veterans to this mix. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I think we should evaluate them on their and expect them to, at the very least, to get to the conference finals. And people forget Rondo and Boogie have played in Sacramento together for a full year and had the stint in New Orleans together before Boogie got hurt where they were playing very well. So there is that chemistry and trust already built in. And it just gives them this, it gives them a certain attitude and chip on the shoulder that wasn't clearly there beforehand um and and that's that's what i like and when well, serge Ibaka yeah. is back you've got boogie Ibaka, and zubats to rotate through the middle there and it gives you a lot that's, of options that's, what I, that's why I like, I like boogie. i think yeah. i think serge is is critical to this team because huge because serge gives them uh, the ability to block some shots you need a rim protector i like all three centers because they all three of them provide different different things to the game. Zubac has been excellent. You know, he's every year he gets better and better and better. I like him. I like what he brings. He plays big. He's a physical kid. He gets up and down the court. So I like what he brings, but I think Serge Ibaka will be critical for this team making a playoff run because you need rim protection. You can't win in today's game without having some rim protection. Bookie at maybe at one time could do that a little bit, Zubac is big, but he's not athletic enough to like 
consistently do that. So I think Serge Ibaka's presence, if he could do that for 20 to 25 minutes a night, along with Zubac and Boogie and how they'll integrate those guys in, I think will serve them well. But I think Serge Ibaka's presence will be needed if they're going to make this playoff push. Let's do one more and we'll do more contenders uh, along with some more playoff focused stuff next week. Let's go to the East. And, you know, we talked Bucks earlier. We'll talk Nets when they get everybody back on the floor. Um, let's talk Philadelphia because there's something here that's going uh, really under the radar that if Philadelphia wraps up the one seed and they're two ahead of Brooklyn in the loss column at uh, 22 losses, Brooklyn's got 24, Milwaukee 25, that means Brooklyn or Milwaukee, whoever comes out of that second round series, not only has to you know, beat each other, one of them, they then have to go through Philadelphia, where Philadelphia only has to beat the one that comes out of that series. So how are you feeling about the Sixers now that Embiid is back? They've held on to home court. Uh, they've won eight out of their last 10 as we record this. Do you think that this is a, a finals team? Joel Embiid is a is a star, and he's been an MVP candidate this year. He's without question one of the top two or three guys in that conversation for MVP this year. You know, I think him and Jokic, if my opinion, have been the top two contenders this year as far as MVP. You know, if you ask me for my vote, I'm going to say it's Jokic. You know, he's been incredibly, incredibly consistent this year. He's been available. He somehow have held this team together during the absence of Jamal Murray. But that's not to take away anything with, with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been, at times, he's been sensational this year. And it was tough to see him when he went, went down with that injury there in Washington with that knee injury. And thank goodness that he was able to come back. So Joel Embiid right now is playing the game. You know, he's, 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 he's a problem. He is, he is a... You know, he's a star player. He's going to demand a double team. And I don't see anyone really in the league that can contain him one-on-one. So he's going to be an advantage no matter who he plays against. On the other hand, you have Ben Simmons. And yes, I was listening to what you just said. They won eight out of their last 10. But something doesn't look right to me about Philly right now. Hmm. Something doesn't look right. I don't know what it is. It, It doesn't look right. They're winning, but you know, it doesn't look... Their, 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 their chemistry doesn't look right. Something doesn't look right to me. I don't know if Ben Simmons is hurt. He's like in the lineup. He's out of the lineup. Comes in, you know, he, you know, he'll play 35 minutes. He'll have six, eight points. Now they win, but something doesn't look right to me. Now. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm not convinced that this Philadelphia team, that internally everything is okay. You know, we had a saying in the NBA, winning covers a multitude of sins. You know, no one's saying anything because they're winning. But something doesn't look right. You know how it's just something doesn't look right? I don't, maybe I'm just overanalyzing it. But it doesn't look right to me as I watch this team. I like the group. If the group plays well, if the group plays to its full capability, look, you have Joel Embiid, you have Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, I mean, they have a really nice team. 
I can't bet against Joel Embiid because I know there's no one in the league that can guard him one-on-one. So now it just comes down to the other supporting players, the role players, you know, do I think Tobias Harris is capable of having 20 or 30 in a series? Absolutely. Ben Simmons? Absolutely. Seth Curry is capable of having big games. But that that that's all dependent as if it, everything is right internally with this team. Now, I think Doc Rivers has gotten his team to play to their potential this year. Doc Rivers deserves to be in that conversation for coach of the year with, without question. And we will see you know, all your deficiencies will come out in the playoffs. So let's hope that they continue to figure out how to win. I will say this. Doc Rivers has always mastered the art of winning ugly. They've been winning this, ugly. This is, this is true. This is very he, true. They, they, he, you know, they, they, they've been winning ugly. And yep. I, it, I'm concerned because I don't like, I'm like, well, what's going on here? Like, you know, like. You know, they, they're up 25 and then they, and I'll turn the game off and then I'll come back. They're down one. You're like, what happened? But then they always win late or in overtime. Yep. Yep. You, you know what I mean, Eric? You yep. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. I don't like that. That's not the sign of a good team. You're up 20, 25. The good teams, they take care of the business. They put, put their ice away. on. Put they away. put them away. This Philadelphia team hasn't done that for me. They are up 20. I'm like, okay, well, they, you know they're going to let us back in the game. And yeah. that's what's a concern to me because if you lose one of those games in the playoffs, that could be the series. For and sure. that's what concerns me with this team. But they win. They win ugly. And I give them credit. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference. But something doesn't look right to me. Yeah, and, and just looking ahead, if Miami's in that 4-5, or five, and they advance Miami Philadelphia second round will be quite a series. And we know there'll be some bodies touching. Yep. We and know there'll Jimmy, be a few Jimmy, chairs Jimmy against yeah. Jimmy against his former team. Yeah, we know so there'll and, be some furniture yeah. moving around a little bit. There's gonna be a lot yep. of you know trash talking. And we know this. We don't have to worry about those teams playing hard. No, if they no, beat in definitely. the second round. Definitely. Okay. I know how much you love some some good uh, furniture moving. Uh, a few, uh, a few quick things here. Obviously we talked extensively about Russell Westbrook a couple of weeks ago. He just passed Oscar Robinson for the triple double record, which he will continue to, uh, uh, build upon. Um, what excites you most about, uh, how Russ is playing, knowing we're going to get him in a play in. And if I'm a betting man, I'm betting the wizards are going to be in the playoffs thoughts. You know, when you play, I didn't play against Larry Bird in a in a playoff series, and that was very unfortunate because I I wanted to see him at his best. Now I saw him in the regular season, and he was a little older then. Yep. But you know, Eric, you get the feeling you know when someone else knows something that you don't know. Well. You know, like I, I played with Michael, I played with Scotty. Well, you know, there are a couple of players you saw, you go, man, those guys are playing a different game. Larry Bird was one of them. Magic Johnson was another one. You know, those guys just play a little different. Michael, they're, they're playing a different game. Like, you know, 
you know, they'll, it's like they, they'll, they'll, they'll come down to our level. And then there were certain times where they'll go to another level and you just knew you couldn't get there. I don't care what you did. You don't care how much work it out or they didn't want it more. They just, they had a different skill set that the rest they've got, of us. They've got that button. They've got that button. Yeah. You know, Larry Bird was one of the first players in my NBA career where when I said the following, you can't, some players, you can't even allow them to be great. Like, you know, you would, you, you, you would double team Reggie Miller if he got going that night, or you would double team, you know, Charles Barkley, if he got going or Dominique Wilkins, Larry Bird, you didn't come into the game and say, we're going to see if he gets going. You're just going to double team him. No questions asked. <laughs> no disrespect to the other players. No. And then the but, other getting layups. But Larry Bird was, you can't allow him to even be great. I can't even allow him an open look. Nope. No. So I love that. what I I'm love saying that. about. I love that. That's what you told back day. Uh, yeah, Bob Kate in Iowa. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook, like Russell Westbrook is. I mean, this guy is averaging a triple double. That's crazy to me, Eric. That's nuts to me, Eric. He's averaging. Okay. You know, you you know you you you, you know the only guy that I played against that. Had that capability. I guess a couple guys. Jason Kidd. Magic Johnson gets a triple-double. You go, wow. You know, you know he's going to get a double-double. You know, you just yep. try to contain. This guy is averaging a triple-double. Yeah, so good. in a play-in game, he could go for 20, 20, and 15, and you're like, oh, that's just a oh, – that's just, that's just Russ. That's not even a great game. Yep. So yep. – Playing against a player with that capability, to me, that puts the other team at a disadvantage. Yeah, <laughs> watch out. Watch out. Because this I mean, guy this- is going to be great on an average night. On an average night, he's going to be. This guy could do 20. You and I could be talking after a playing game here, 20, 20, and 20. Like, oh, yeah, that's just Russ. That's all we'll say. We won't even make a big deal about it. We'll be like, no. he got 25, that's, 21 that's, rebounds that's, and 20 that's assists. The, that's the bar he has set. That's the bar he has set. I mean, and that's just crazy to me that to think, Eric, 20, 20, and 20, this guy is capable of doing this at any given moment. And I don't think twice about saying something like that. So... I think that puts the other team in a because di- that, that that forces you to make a decision. You know, Larry Bird forced us, the Bulls, to make a decision. Okay, where's the double team coming from? It wasn't like <laughs> like like when you when you played against Shaq. It wasn't like, well, let's see if he let's see if Big Fella has it going tonight. No, yeah. you're just like, you, you, what well, you want to catch on the first dribble? Or you want to you want to double him on the on the catch? <laughs> it was understood. It wasn't like, yeah. well, let me guard him tonight to see yeah. if Vic yeah. has it going. Not if, when. Not yeah. if, when. Yep, yep. No, for sure. Um, so, you know, the Jalen Brown injury, um, very unfortunate for him and for the Celtics. Uh, we both saw how the season was going. So 
I wouldn't call this a blessing in disguise, but he, uh, I believe he had surgery today and hopefully he will be uh, healthy and they can uh, take a step back in this off season. Obviously they will be in the plan and they could very well be in the playoffs, but uh, I think it's realistic to think their playoff run will be limited. So uh, hopefully Jalen will be healthy soon and Danny and Brad can figure out what they're doing uh, with this roster for the long haul. Um, more importantly, um, Saturday, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, and the rest of the 2020 Hall of Fame class officially go in. Uh, we've talked about it before, but, you know, it's been such a wild year plus with everything going on, this being delayed. Um, hoping and knowing we're, we're, we're coming out on the other side of this a bit. Um, as far as the pandemic goes, um, you know, how, how happy are you to know that you're going to see this this weekend and uh, that these three guys will forever, you know, be linked through this Hall of Fame enshrinement and the greatness of their careers in the same era as, uh, as great rivals and opponents? Well, you know, the 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 traffic the tragic events of Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, it's well documented and they're just my thoughts are always to his family and you know the Laker, Laker Nation and, and all the people because Kobe really, you know, and that's what makes sports great because you feel like you know these people, right? You know, you know, you you feel like you know him. You know, you watch him on television. You watch the warmups. You watch the lineups. You watch him play. You watch the interviews, and you feel like, yeah, that's my guy. And you know those names that you just mentioned. It's like it's like basketball royalty, right? I mean, you're talking about the late Kobe Bryant and what he did for the game, right? He left the game in a better place than he found it. Tim Duncan left the game in a better place. Kevin Garnett left the game in a better place. They like they, the, the, the stewardship that they took with the game. They, they held on to it, always did buy, good by it, and they left it in a better place for the next generation. And when you think of the Hall of Fame and the odds of playing in the NBA, let alone being in the Hall of Fame, you go, wow, you know, I, you know, I, I had the good fortune of playing against all three of those young men and watching their careers when they first came into the league. And I can still remember talking to Will Perdue in preseason. And we were, I, at the time I was playing for Golden State, I believe. And I remember I was like, hey, who, who's the best player on your team? You know? And uh, he was like, you know, take a guess kid. I was like, no, seriously. Like, you know, I'm, I'm expecting he's going to say, David Robinson, you know, I was like, you know, who's the best? He was like, it's not even close. He's like, this kid, Tim Duncan, is with, without question, BJ, the best player on our team. I was like, yep. come on. Because we played him like in a, a week or so. I think we played him like on opening season or something. And I remember playing against him. I was like, I've never seen a player that big who just played mistake-free basketball. He didn't make a mistake. Like, he was yep. always in the right place defensively. He always made the right pass he never made a mistake, he never brought the ball down so the guards could strip it. He just, 
He was just, I mean, he was like thy a big fundamental. Thy big fundamental. Maybe that's why he got the name. And I can remember Kobe Bryant when he came into the league as a young, you know, he was just full of energy. I remember him playing behind Eddie, 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 Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Eddie Del Jones. Harris kept him on the bench. And I just remember how excited Jerry West and I remember how the guys would talk about him, Nick Van Exel and those guys, they were talking about this young kid. And um, I, I had a chance to, to, to know Kobe and spend some time with him. So you, you just saw his raw talent. You just saw it. And the big ticket, man, what can you say about him? Like, you know, I, I, I saw him there in Chicago. I, th- I think it was Farragut High School, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you just saw how much passion he played with the game. You just saw it, you know. And I, I remember all the all of my guys who I played with, Terry Porter and Sam Mitchell and those guys, they would rave about this young player who was just eager. And I knew him from Chicago a little bit. So congratulations to all the inductees. And in particular, um, you know, those three who, you know, stand, they were, they were phenomenal in their generation. They were excellent. They were terrific competitors. They all were champions, literally. They played against each other. They beat each other. They hugged with each other. They cried with each other. And um, what an incredible, incredible. So congrats. They all are very deserving of it. And um, just very, very, we have a great, we have a great example. And let those guys be inspirations for the next generation of, you know, what it means to be a professional and play in the NBA. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, the, the privilege I've had working with, with KG on his film uh, is something that's still like surreal to me. We just released a new promo today. So every five seconds, someone's messaging my phone and seeing oh, it. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, Kobe, um, you know, you, you have a great, you, you know him a long time. Uh, I, you know, my, my career is bookended with two incredible uh, experiences with Kobe Bryant, one of them being the All the Smoke episode uh, just a month before his tragic passing and the other being at Nike World Basketball Festival back in the day when I was running all this great grassroots stuff and I got to direct a clinic with the greatest technician in the world on the floor at Rucker Park with basketball media everywhere. And... Um, you know, I, I just I, I'm I'm so lucky that I've gotten into the basketball world in this way, and that I, I look at the body of work of these guys, and I look at um, their journeys and how they intersected. And you said it perfectly. You know, they left everything in a better place than they found it, and they created new opportunities uh, and open doors and uh, a truly special class. So, as difficult as it will be to watch without uh, Kobe being there, his spirit will be there. Uh, Vanessa Bryant will speak. Michael Jordan will be by her side, uh, and and the rest of the class. It's gonna be it's gonna be really special. So, uh, a new thing I want to try to close. I meant to try it last week. Um, so this this the sports card boom has returned. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. So I bought a couple of boxes of 1990 Fleers, and we're gonna break a pack right now. And this is your this this would be your first card. So we're going to see a if we can get an Armstrong, 
and then B, see who else we can get that is going to bring a smile, a story to your face, or if it's somebody that you're just going to want to dial up on the phone right now. So mm. we're, we're, we're doing a run of show. Okay, first card up. Oh, wow. Plenty of stories about this guy. The Rifleman. Oh. Chucky P. The rifleman. Played one year together uh, in Charlotte. Great nickname. Great oh, nickname. Top, top five nickname. Yeah, great nickname. And uh, what was his brother's name played in the NBA? Uh, Wesley. Yesley, Wesley. Yeah, Wesley Chuck could was shoot it too. Yeah, he could. Yeah, they 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 could, they could shoot it, man. Him and Reggie, man, they could they could, they could really uh, shoot it. The, the Chuck Person Larry Bird matchup in that series was incredible, and the underrated matchup in that series, which brings me to this next card. I'll try not to get emotional. My favorite player as a kid, may he rest in peace. Number thirty-five. Oh man, Reggie Lewis. Oh. You know, I played I, in college with uh, Kevin Gamble. Oscar, as y'all called him up there, your, your and, man, and, your man, Oscar, and you know, I had the I had the good fortune of playing against Reggie uh, Lewis. Um, we went to Northeastern University, played him in the mm -hmm. Great Alaska Shootout. Wow! Did he give you? And, did he give you that work? Oh man, come on, come on, come on! Yeah, he. he, he, he he wasn't new to it. He was doing that a long time ago. And I'm going to tell you, he was, you know, there weren't, there weren't many players that could give Michael problems. He was one of them though, because as great as he was on the offensive end, he was a very, very underrated defensive player. And he had left. He blocked Michael Shaw four times in one game in Boston, I believe, in ninety or ninety-one. He he was very patient. Very he was like wiry, so strong. Yep. yep. And you know he 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 had a he wasn't rattled. You know he didn't talk, but he he played tough, and he could score. I mean he could score with the best of them. Now he he could go get a he could get a bucket, and he would lean back. You know he would. He'd get up and he would lean back, you know? So it was very tough to get a, a very underrated defensive player. So he was outstanding. I had a chance to play against him at the, at the collegiate ranks and at the pros and without question. What, was what one of the all-time greats. Well, yeah, he, he was one of, the, one of the best players I've seen. One of the best players I've seen and played against. For those that don't know, Reggie Lewis was the sixth man on his high school team, the famous team at Dunbar with Muggsy Bogues, David Wingate, and Reggie Williams. He was under the radar recruiting-wise, played four years at Northeastern under Jim Calhoun, and he was drafted the year after Len Bias was drafted uh, in the 87 draft. Red Auerbach was just sitting there all coy, waiting for him to drop, the local kid. They drafted him in the, I think, 24th overall. And, um, you know, that was supposed to be the future. So shout out, Reggie. We miss you. Um, all right. I'm going to fly through the next one. Some, some, some randoms to put a smile on your face. I'm going to go rapid fire here for a minute. Tim Perry, Phoenix Suns. Oh, man. Athlete. Athlete. Man, he could, he could dunk with the best of them. Trent Tucker. New oh, York that's my guy. That's my guy. Trent, hey, true story. You know, Trent and I played together in Chicago. 
Mm-hmm. Man, he is the best. The the, the best. He, he was on the, the he was on the third championship yeah, yeah, yeah. team yeah, against yeah, Phoenix, and then yes. and then was there another year or two. I believe. Yeah, Trent Trent was yep. the, Trent was the best. He he was the best, man. Man, well, he was a pro's pro. Man, he's the best. Yep. And he's from Minnesota, and he was a broadcaster. And uh, well, actually, he, Trent is from. Flint, oh, so went to Minnesota. Excuse went me. Went to Minnesota. Minnesota yes. yeah, from yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next, you know this guy very well from a couple of playoff battles. Dennis Rodman. D-Rod. D-Rod. We would need to do a, need to do a whole D-Rod show D-Rod used to be him. an offensive player. That's what most people don't realize. He was an offensive player. Yeah. In college. Sort of. Oh, in college. Yeah, in college. Um, this is becoming a sad pack. Uncle Cliff, rest in oh, peace. Oh, man, we were in the same draft. Same draft, Uncle Cliffy, UConn, UConn. right? Yeah, UConn, yeah. Um, great, man, great headband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a stretch you, big when we didn't even know what it was, you know? Can you imagine Uncle Cliff today? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, he, he would have fit in. He was Oh, he $100 was million dollar player. Yeah, yeah he was – Uncle Cliffy was tough, man. He was tough. Played against him – like I said, we came in the same draft. I think he was a second round pick, if I remember correctly. I think he slipped somehow to the second round. Did he slip? Let me let me uh, let me check yeah, here. Uncle Cliff. Yeah, yep, thirty sixth pick. Yep. Yeah, so sorry. And uh, but great year started out in Portland, and yep. uh, God, he played, played for a long Phoenix. time. Yeah, and yeah. you know one thing I love about him when he got teed up, he got his money's worth. Yeah, uh, and Uncle Cliff, he, 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 play he let it go. He let it go. Yeah, he, 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 he let him a, have it. He was a pick and pop guy before we knew what it was. He was yeah. he he was he was terrific. Played with a lot of fire. Um, great player. His son is even better. But Michael Thompson, fantastic player. Yeah, Michael, uh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Number one pick. Yep. University of Minnesota, went, right? University he also went to Minnesota. I think him and Trent don't. played together. I think him and Trent might have played together. I think. Uh, his rookie year was seventy nine eighty. He had a fractured leg, another big man with a lower extremity injury at a young age, just saying. Uh, Trent's rookie year was – hold up. Do you know Trent's real first name? Uh, Trent's rookie year was 82-83. So uh, they're separated by uh, three years. I think Trent's first name? No, what is it? Kelvin. Kelvin Trent Tucker. Kelvin, I you know what I'm gonna call him today. I'm gonna to call Trent. Hey, say, Kelvin. Hey, Kelvin. I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. All right, a I few did more. Not, I, a few yeah, more think, because we're pushing the time. Yeah, I think Michael Thompson. I think uh, Kevin McHale and Trent. I think they all played in in, in the same college team. At, at so McHale, yeah. So McHale was in the '80 draft. Thompson was in the '79 draft. So Tucker, if he played all four years, '83, '82. Yeah. Tucker was one year with them. Yep. 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 Uh, teammate of yours, Stacy King. King, the King. King does a great job of broadcasting for the Bulls now. Yep. yep. So yep. does a great job, man. Uh, him and I got drafted together. So that's you right. Know, the King and I got that, drafted together out of Oklahoma. The Oklahoma King. team with uh, Billy Tubbs. With, Billy Tubbs. With Mookie with Mookie Blaylock. Yep. 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 Um, Watch the Gilbert Arenas All the Smoke episode we just released. He talks about Mookie Blaylock when Gilbert is a Gilbert talks about him when he's a rookie on the Warriors. It's not a oh. it's not a flatter, it's not a flattering story. Um, oh. Yeah, it's right after you're right after you're out of the league and 
if if you remember the 2001 2002 warriors weren't in a very good uh place right right, 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 uh, right another one who's no longer with us um everything i heard about this guy was um incredibly positive uh wayman tisdale oh who man so who also From went o to o oklahoma. O oklahoma wayman was a big time scorer yep big time scorer lefty um, if I remember correctly, I played against Wayman was in the league at the time. It might have been at Sacramento, but I know I, I, I want to say he was at Indiana. Yes, he was a Pacer, time. drafted in 85 by the Pacers, played there for four years, then went to Sacramento. And then obviously later on had that uh, that terrible accident. Um, yeah. And he was a musician, wasn't he? Yeah, I think jazz, yep. jazz musician. Yep. So uh, yep. Wayman was a great guy. Great guy. If he's played at Phoenix, I want to say it's. Some, I want to say Phoenix. Yeah, well. he went to Phoenix too. Yep. Yeah, played yep. Phoenix. So, uh, but no, great guy. You know, he was. Uh, well, so many of these guys are no longer with us, but you no, know, he was a great guy, great player. I mean, all time one of the all time leading scorers, I believe, when he was in college. Uh, there, yep. the Big Twelve. I think oh, it was got, Big yeah. Twelve. Is it still the Big Twelve? Yeah. I don't know. At, well, at it was the, the big. Well, no, it was the. Was it the Big Twelve back then? I thought yeah, it grew. Yeah. yeah, it was a big. It, it grew, but no. I think they they might have changed the name, or it is the Big Twelve. But but yeah. I remember it was the it was the Big Twelve. He was he was a big time scorer, big time. Yep, yep. Um, Billy Thompson from Louisville, not Billy Thompson. Derrick oh Kings, man, with the Lakers Billy, the Billy. Yeah, I think I caught him late. I think I might have caught him. Yep. yep, late in his career. I think he, he the heat when I played against him. Yep, he is in that highlight. Coming down, running the right wing, Magic's got Magic. the ball, and Magic <laughs> stares to the left, smiles, and throws it back to Billy Thompson for a one-hand dunk. It's in every Magic highlight uh, uh, video montage. Um, all right, we only got a few left, but the next three are all just outstanding guards you played against. So give me one thing that stands out, one thing only for each of these guys. First one, Mark Price. Oh man, he's tough. Man, Mark was tough, gritty, gritty little player. Man, with Phoenix, man, you, you know, I, I would have loved to have the opportunity to play for uh, Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins ran some of the most unique things ever as a as a as oh, a yeah. coach well, for his said, point yeah, guard. Cleveland. No, Cleveland. I swear he. I swear he would things in. Yeah, he would run things that I felt that he probably wanted the coach to do for him. <laughs> he, had, he had guards running off four screens, right? <laughs> like yep. he was, Mark was, Mark was a tough, tough guard. And then he had a guard that was just as good to rail Brandon backing him up. So that was a, yep. that was, that was tough. And then when I first came into the league, I, I think Kevin Johnson was either playing behind him or starting so, in front of yeah, him. So Kevin Johnson, so Kevin Johnson, uh, was a rookie of the received rookie of the year or rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. And his first year in Cleveland. And then he was traded to Phoenix for Larry Nance. Yeah. That's how yep, that yep, went yep, down. Yep, yep. Okay. Next guy. We've talked about him before. He's one of our OG favorites from New York city. Oh, is that Rod? Is that Rod? That's ah, Rod. Rod. Oh, you said Rod. That's you know Rod. what? Hey, we gotta, we, Hey, can we get Rod on the show? Like yeah, we gotta get Rod on the show. Rod is, Rod is we one of my the, favorites because I can all I can still hear the scouting report. Guys, stay yep. in front of him. He doesn't like to shoot, but don't let him get to the basket. And I was like, I always think to myself, why am I going to be the guy that's going to stop him from getting to the basket? Rod, we all know Rod's driving to the basket. It didn't matter. Nobody, nobody can stop him from getting oh, to the man. basket. Rod was Rod was um, 
Rob was the best. The best. This guy, I remember, um, you know, he came into the league in 84, 85, but I remember him um, in the early 90s. And this guy was a heck of a two-way guard that I think people forget about. Um, Alvin Robertson. Man. How good was Alvin Robertson? Alvin Robertson was great. Strongest hands. Strongest hands ever. Like, he, when he played with Milwaukee, it was either Milwaukee or San Antonio. Well, we played for both. Spurs first, yeah. then Bucks. And back then, you could hand check. And he was he was literally, because back in Milwaukee, I want to say it was Milwaukee because they had him, Ricky Pierce, Paul Pressey, and they just didn't really have a point guard. They had Jay Humphreys, but they were just like, yeah. everyone would, would, would dribble the ball, if I remember correctly. And he was hand checking me. And at the end of the game, I had the biggest bruise on my hip because mm. he was just digging in my side, like with his hand. And yep. one of the strongest guards I've seen, like he was really strong. Like he was real physical, real strong, played really hard on both ends of the court. I think he was, all, if I remember correctly, I think he might've been an all-star a couple of times. He, he, yep. He made the all-star team, I believe in both conferences. Yeah, so um, he really good player though. He was Arkansas, if I remember correctly, right? Arkansas. Yes. Arkansas, Arkansas yeah. seventh pick. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah. Draft. Yeah, him. Yeah, I'm gonna say for some reason I remember him and Daryl Walker somewhere around same mm. time. Yep. But. Yep. Yep. Three more from Brooklyn, New York. You played against him in the 1991 NBA Finals, the Southpaw. Sam, I am Perkins. Oh, the perk, big perk, big smooth, big smooth. Man, was, oh, man, you know he, man, what an incredible career! Again, another player that was before his time. You know, like we talked about Uncle Cliffy, perk Sam Perkins threes. today. Oh, man. oh yeah, he was shooting threes. <laughs> oh man, he was man, what a great player, great career, yep. great years in Phoenix, great years in uh, L.A. Dallas and a really and a really kind person. We did yeah, something with yeah. him back in the day. He came into the Bleacher Report office and he was very involved with um, the Special Olympics. And we did this whole segment with him and talked about his career. And he was so appreciative. And all he wanted to do was talk hoop. And uh, great guy. And uh, yeah, he's really is. He he he's, the, he is a great guy. Perk and is, the eighties. Is it the 87 Mavericks or the 88 Mavericks? 88. They pushed the Lakers to seven with Aguirre, Perkins, Harper, Blackman. Um, Roy Tarpley. Was Roy Tarpley? Roy Tarpley. Tarpley. Yep. That, 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 that was you know, I grew up with Roy right. Tarpley in uh, Detroit. Did you? I did not know that. I did not know that. All uh, right. Two more. Uh, one guy you played against in both conferences. He ended up with the Pacers in the Detlef Schrempf deal. That's Derek McKee. Oh man, versatile, versatile. Yeah. He was very versatile. Was a tough. De- he was a tough defend for uh, Scottie Pippen because he had size. Mm. Yep. He had size. And he, you know, him real Scott, he, yeah, yeah, he's real long. So I remember Scott. Scotty respected him because he had. You know, he was a very versatile, very versatile player himself. So uh, yeah, he that was, he's trade, a really good player. You know, it's not often that uh, a trade like that happens where. You have two established veteran players, and the trade works out really well for both teams. But that trade did, if you remember, Schrempf going to Seattle and McKee going to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right. Th- that deal worked out really well. All right, last one. One of the great nicknames. 
in basketball. Jerome Poo Richardson. Poo Poo Kachu. That's all I can remember. <laughs> poo Poo Kachu. <laughs> That's my guy. You know, Poo and I graduated high school together. So in that draft, this was the guards that was yep. in that draft. It was in the 89 yep. draft. Poo Richardson, Tim Hardaway, myself, Dana Barrows, Sherman Douglas were all in the same draft. In the same draft. And Poo, Philly's finest. Philly, Philly, mm. Philly's, Philly's yep. finest. Love Poo. One of the great storytellers of all time. I mean, when I tell you funny, he might be the funniest guy, one of the funniest guys I've ever known. Hey, you know what's crazy? One of the crazy? funniest guys I've ever known. Like he, when I tell you funny, who's, who's All right, the, well, we got, we got to send him this because we're recording this on May 13th. It will drop on May 14th and May 14th. Is Pooh Richardson's birthday. So happy you know, birthday. I gotta to reach Poo out Richardson. to Pooh. I gotta happy I think birthday. I heard I just looked up Pooh is coaching somewhere at a small college out here in California. Really? Yeah, he's he's right, coaching. Let's get on here. it. Yeah, we, Poo, we, Poo let's, let, we, we, let's let's I'll I'll offline, but let's let's build let's build some OG guests from from I, I from, love to get up. I want to say that I want to say this. This is how he would always introduce himself. He would come okay. into the room and he would always go, and you go, who's there? And he would go, Pooh's there. <laughs> I can still remember that. You go, knock, knock, Pooh's there. <laughs> On that note, Play in Madness. This is one of the most fun shows we've done in a minute. They're all fun, but my man's in tears over here. Uh, We'll talk more shit to each other next week about uh, sports trivia. Um, Special thanks to Johnny L behind the screen, behind the glass, providing the insights and the info. Bruce Bernstein, the rest of the Pure Hoops media fam. Kristen Woolley, our editor. Check out the Mike Wise show dropping each and every Monday. Uh, Full court will be back soon. We're taking a little break from the college basketball scene. Catch and shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong on Wednesdays. Buckets, boards, and blocks with the one and only Monica McNutt and the King McClure on Thursdays. The Pierre Podcast, Eric Newman, BJ Armstrong each and every Friday. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay pure. Peace. The Pure Hoops Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.